this day, uh, I want us to share on the big four. Tell your neighbor the big four. The big four. And we are scripture. We are going to start with Zechariah chapter eight, chapter one. Sorry, verse eighteen to twenty-one. Then I raised my eyes and I looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, "What are these?" So he answered me, "These are the horns that have scattered Judah and Jerusalem." Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. And I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. But the craftsmen are come to terrify them, to cast them out, to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the, the land of Judah to scatter it. So the Bible begins by, this is Zechariah, the Lord was showing him a vision. And as we have read, he saw four horns. And as he inquired from the angel of the Lord what these horns are, the angel of the Lord told him, these are the horns that scatter Judah. We all know that Judah represents praise in our lives. It represents a heart of celebration, a heart of giving thanks to God, a heart of praising the Lord, an attitude of praising the Lord. And we are told, so here comes four horns. And the angel says, these horns, their intention, their purpose, they are made to scatter Judah, to scatter, to destroy, to annihilate, to remove your attitude, your heart of praising God. These horns, they come to discouraging you, to, to discourage you and to make you lose hope so that there is no praise coming out of your heart, so that you find no reason to praise God. They come to discourage. They may come as a, in, a, in a form of sickness. They may come in form of job loss. They may come in a form of uh, death. They may come in many forms, things that come to discourage us, things that come to steal our joy. You know them. You may, be, you may even be going through them in your life this morning. And I want us, as we talk about horns, you start identifying them in your lives. What is this horn that is bringing me down? What is this horn that is making me not praise God the way I have been made to praise God? Because the Bible says that let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. We are also told that the reason we were created, we were created to worship God, to fellowship with God, to have fellowship with him, communion with him. That is the reason, actually, the main purpose that God made you and I. God was not okay, him being alone with the animals he made, alone with the earth that he made. And he thought it was good that he makes man who will fellowship with him to take care of his earth, who will worship him, who will recognize him as God, who will live with him, who will take, who will rule together with him. So we were created to commune with the Lord, to fellowship with God, and to praise the Lord. But there are things that come, and they make us, they steal 
the joy out of our hearts. They come in our lives with the intention to make us lose focus, with the intention to make us lose our hope and our faith in God. And these are the four horns that scatter Judah. We are going to break down and look at them uh, one by one. But I want you as you, even in your, in your life, personalize, in your own personal life, look at those things. Start identifying them in your life because we are going to deal with them. And verse, uh, verse 18, verse, from verse 18 it says, uh, uh, no, that verse 21, sorry. It says that the Lord again, there were another four craftsmen that the Lord raised up. And these craftsmen are the ones that are going to deal with the horns that scatter Judah. Are you that craftsman? A craftsman is someone who is skilled. A craftsman is someone who is knowledgeable in that area or that position that you are being oppressed in. And you know that this is what is oppressing me and I have the knowledge of how to go about it or deal with it. So you must be able, for you to deal with these horns, you must have knowledge. You must realize that it is you. So I am talking, I believe I am talking to four craftsmen who are willing to stand on behalf of their families, on behalf of the church, on behalf of the nation, and deal with these horns that scatter Judah. These horns that take away, that steal our joy, that steal our praise from our hearts. And we are going to look at these horns from the book of Isaiah chapter 61. I believe that I am anointed. Do you believe that you are anointed? Do you believe that the spirit of God is upon you? Or you only believe that it's our pastor who is anointed? Only the men of God are anointed. I believe I am anointed. Whether I am ordained or not, I am anointed. Whether I am a bishop or not, a pastor or not, a worship leader or not, I am, a, as long as I am a Christian, a believer of the word of God, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that I am anointed and I have what it takes to deal with the horns that scatter Judah in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he has anointed, because he has anointed me, there is a reason why the spirit of the Lord is upon you. It is because he has anointed you and me, number one, to preach good news or good tidings to the poor. I want to present to us this morning that poverty is not a disease. Poverty is a mindset. Poverty is an attitude. Give a, give a poor man three million shillings today and look at them again after three months or after one year. Others even after one week. Last week I was being told of a, of a, of a, a sister, of a friend of mine who took a loan. He had a problem with, in, his, in her head. And she went to the bank and took a loan. But she was always a person who was, uh, she, used, she, she never used to live very uh, comfortable, a very comfortable life. 
So she had just gotten a job. She had just qualified to get a loan from the bank. And so she decided, I can go and take a loan. You know the way you, now that you have qualified, you even don't know what you want to do with it. But now that you have qualified, why not? If others are taking it, why not take it? So she went to the bank and took a loan of 700,000 shillings. And the saddest thing is that that was on Monday. By Sunday, the same week, that Sunday, they did not have even a single cent. And they had nothing to show for it. 700,000 shillings. They would meet with people and give them 10,000. They would meet with someone. They go to church. They hear a preacher on TV. They send money. And within seven days, they had nothing. That is a poor person. That is a poor rich person. You have money, but you don't know how to use it. You are a poor person. That's why I'm saying a poor person is not just someone without money. We've had cases. I think there is some time years ago someone won a lottery in the TV. I think several cases we've had actually. And someone had won something, some money, big money. I don't remember the figure. And they, in the media, they decided to revisit the man after one year. And the guy was as miserable as he was before he had won, before he had that money. That is a mindset of poverty. And the Bible says that he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. The poor don't need money. They need good news. They need this word. This word is the one that will liberate your mind. This word is the one that will inform you how to make wealth. This word is the one that will inform you. And you will know that you're a partner of God, even in the money, in the work that you're doing. So they need good news. They need this word because this is the word that liberates you. It is the word that sets you free. It is the word that instructs you how even you're going to spend that money. The Bible says it is the Lord who has given us power to make wealth. And it is also the Lord who has given us the ability to make profit. He empowers our hands to make profit. It is all in the word of God. This is the word that liberates a poor mind, a poor person to become rich in the kingdom of God, in the world that we are living in. So what a poor man needs is the good news. Are you poor? in your capacity. This is what you need. Do you know someone who is poor? This is what they need. That's why we have beggars every day in our streets. Today you will give them 20 shillings. Tomorrow they will still come for more. Because you have not empowered that person how to make money on their own. So they don't need money. In fact, most of them, there is a, someone who was running a, a, a research and I think they discovered, they, they, and they exposed some of these beggars and they have lots and lots of money. By the end of the day, the money they collect is a lot, a lot, a lot. But because they are caged in their minds, there is always a tomorrow I'll get more, tomorrow I'll get more. And that person has money, but they cannot even clothe well. Because when they clothe well, you will not give them tomorrow. They cannot eat well. Because when they eat well, tomorrow you see them eating in a certain hotel. So because they are bound in that mentality of poverty, they keep, they have money, 
but they are sleeping on it. It's in their mattresses. It is not working for them. So they remain poor. So you can be poor. You have money. You can be rich, but poor in heart, poor in your mind. What you need is the word of God. And if you are anointed, you can deal with the spirit of poverty in your life. You can give it the word of God. The Bible says the entrance of the word of God brings light. When you have the word of God in your life, it sheds, it brings, it brings an enlightenment. It brings with it some light. It comes with ideas. It shows you how to invest. It shows you what to do with your money. It instructs you. The word of God tells you how to spend it. Tells you how to use it. And at the end of the day, whatever you are doing because you are being guided by the Lord, you are being guided by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, becomes fruitful. You become blessing to the church. You become blessing in the kingdom of God. You become a blessing to your family. You become a blessing to your colleagues. You become a blessing to whoever is around you because you have invested wisely, being guided by the Word of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted this morning? And how brokenheartedness has its levels as well. You know, this morning my son was reminding me, there's a song we sing, a, a baby rhyme we sing, and we say that a bandage and a kiss just right will make your boo-boo feel all right. If you're having, if when they fall down and they have hurt their knees they, or they have hurt their hands, you just, you, depending with the, with the wound, depending with the, how big or how small the wound is, sometimes just a bandage and a kiss will do it and they'll stop crying. But there are those people with deep wounds. So when you are anointed to deal with broken hearts, you will be able to understand the intensity or the weight or the problem or the wound that the person you're dealing with has. You will be able to know whether it's that boo-boo that just requires a bandage and a kiss. You will be able to know whether it is, a, it is a wound that requires three stitches. You'll be able to know whether it is something that, is, that goes deep, that needs, that may, maybe has even some broken bones somewhere and there are fragments and maybe that case needs even surgery. You, when you are anointed, you'll be able to know when a person comes to you and they have a problem, their hearts are broken, you'll be able to gauge it is at what level. How do I deal with it? You have been anointed to deal with that in the name of Jesus. And that is number one horn. Number one horn is poverty and oppression. It is poverty and oppression. We are talking about the big four. Let us keep reminding ourselves about the... The big four. And you can deal with poverty. You can deal with oppression in your life. You can deal those who are broken hearted. You have been sent to them. I also have been sent to you if you are broken hearted. So that your hearts may be healed. So that your lives may be healed. So that your finances may be healed. In what area are you oppressed in? The Bible also says that to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty to those who are bound. And also it says opening of the prison to those who are bound. In, uh, in the, the same scripture is repeated in the book of uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 18. And that last line, the opening of the prison of those who are bound actually means recovery of sight 
to those who are blind. So there is a breaking of prison to those who are bound. And there is a recovery of sight to those who are blind. That is a form of oppression. In what area has the enemy taken you captive? What area are you feeling you cannot move on? There is a limitation in your life. Today the Lord has anointed me. And he has also anointed you as a believer of Christ to deal with those captives. You can deal with those captives. You can deal with those chains. You can break them. Because the anointing of the Lord is also upon your life. You can break every form of captivity in your life. You can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And the Bible says, it shall be so. Because you have been given power and authority. You walk in dominion. You walk in power. You are not under oppression. And if you are, you have been anointed today to rise up above the oppression. You can be the oppressor of the oppression itself in the name of Jesus. <coughs> because the anointing of the Lord is upon you. You can set yourself free from every form of captivity. Is it captivity of the mind? Is it captivity in your finances? You cannot progress. What is binding you? What is making you not to progress in life? What are those cycles that you're making in your life? The Lord can make you free today. You have the anointing. You are one of the craftsmen. And you can deal with that horn of oppression. You can bring it down. You can say this captivity will not withhold my praise, will not hinder me from expressing my joy to my God. I will still praise the Lord. I will deal with this captivity. I will set myself free and I will walk in the victory that the Lord has given me so that my praise may remain always continually in my mouth. You will say like the psalmist. Thank you, Grace. You will say like the psalmist. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. If that is what the intention that God has with us, that his praise continuously be in our mouth, then why are we allowing these horns to come and take away and steal away our joy? You can deal with that oppression. You can deal with that captivity. And you can continue praising the name of the Lord. You can say, my Judah, my praise will not be taken away from me in the name of of Jesus Christ. So you have the power. You can proclaim liberty. We are talking about the year of decreeing a thing. And it shall be established. Look at that scripture again. It says to proclaim liberty. You actually don't need to do much. It is to. You cannot proclaim silently. You cannot proclaim in your heart. You know the way we say, I am praying in my heart. You can pray in your heart. But when you are dealing with some of these strongholds, you have to speak loudly. You have to be aggressive. And you cannot be aggressive silently. I've never seen silent aggression. It has to be loud. It has to be theatric. It, it has some theatrics in it. Cindyo. You have to shout it out. You have to proclaim with a loud voice and say that I have been set. I have been sent by the Lord and I can proclaim that I have been set free. That my liberty has come. My ear to be liberated. My ear to be set free 
is now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's go to horn number, horn number two. Horn number two is opposition and disapproval. We said horn number one was poverty and oppression. Horn number two is opposition and disapproval. When you go to the same scripture, please stay with me. From Isaiah chapter 61, I think verse 2 now. It says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? When I was looking at the word favor, because another, another translation talks about the favor, the year of the Lord's favor. I realized that the opposite of favor is disfavor or disapproval or even rejection. When you are not favored, you are not accepted. Someone is disapproving you. You are being rejected. We have suffered rejection many years. In our places of work, in our families, isn't it? Wherever, sometimes you go to a certain meeting and they don't even recognize that you exist or that you are present in that meeting because there has not been that favor in your life. But today we are saying we are rising against the horn of disapproval. We are rising against the horn of opposition because the Lord, we have proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord, that 2020 is the acceptable year of the Lord. I shall be received in my office. I shall be received in the marketplace. I shall be received. The studies will favor me. Whatever I am doing, I will have the favor of the Lord, a mark of favor. The Lord will stamp a mark of favor on my forehead. Wherever I go, doors will open because favor is upon me. Favor is unmerited. It is unmerited. It is something that you don't deserve. It is something that you have not worked for. It is something that you have not sweated for. And so I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how educated you are or how not educated you are. It doesn't matter how skilled you are, skillful you are, or how uneducated you are. I present to you the favor of the Lord. It is what will take you before kings. It is not your education level. It is not your lack of education. When the Lord says, I have favored your ear, then you have been favored. You will go to places that you never dreamed of because the favor of the Lord is upon you wherever you go. The ground will receive you. The soil will not reject you. The air, the atmosphere will not reject you in the name of Jesus. When you go to a foreign land, they shall receive you. They shall accept you because the favor of God is upon you. Other people will wonder, why is this person being promoted after promotion and increment after increment? Why is this person so favored? It is because the Lord has favored your ear. And there is no more disapproval in the name of Jesus. If the Lord has accepted you, who can reject you? If the Lord has loved you, who can hate you? If the Lord has called you, who can refuse you? You have been called to do great things. And so greatness will be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. So you also proclaim 
with a loud voice that my ear is accepted and I am favored of the Lord because you are a craftsman. You have the knowledge, you have the wisdom, you have what it takes to dehorn that horn of oppression, to dehorn that horn of disapproval. And you can say, my praise will not be stolen. It shall not be taken away from my mouth in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The other horn we are going to deal with is the horn of loss and death. Verse 3. The horn of loss and death. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. To console those that are mourning in Zion. What loss have you encountered in your life? What form of loss or death have you experienced in your life? The anointing of the Lord is upon me this day. The anointing of the Lord is upon you this day. That you receive consolation. That you receive comfort. The Lord will comfort you on the right and he will comfort you on the left. He will comfort where words cannot reach. He will comfort where people's embrace cannot reach. He will envelop you with his arms. And he will give you the joy. The oil of joy for mourning. Where people are expecting you to be in ashes. The Lord will crown you. He will crown you with righteousness. He will crown you with his praises. He will crown you with his oil of joy. In the name of Jesus. When they expect you to be miserable. When they expect you to be walking in ashes. The Lord will clothe you with a glorious garment. You will shine like the star. Because a star you are, there is no darkness that will cloud you. You will be seen even in the midst of problems, in the midst of distress, you will still shine. Even when you are mourning, you will still shine. Because the oil of gladness, the oil of the Lord is upon you to take away the ashes, to take away the misery, to take away the despair, desperation. Some years ago, I met with a prophet of God, a woman of God, many years ago. And she told me that there is usually, when the Bible talks about the spirit, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, it's actually a garment, even for the garment of heaviness. It's usually a garment. That spirit of heaviness is also a garment. And it can come upon you. I don't know whether you've ever woken up in the morning. And you felt miserable, even without a cause. You cannot point a finger to what is making you feel miserable. To what is making you feel like you have lost even flavor. You have lost uh, uh, the, the, the meaning of life. You just don't want to wake up to go to work. You don't want to wake up to go to church. You just even don't want your children talking to you. You just wake up and you feel oppressed. Literally, you feel like, Nikunangua umevalishwa. Anyone who has ever had, because I have had that many times, that is a garment of heaviness. And there are many times when the devil 
When the devil notices and knows that there is a destiny, there is something that you're supposed to achieve that day, he will always come before. He will come and clothe you with that heaviness so that you'll not be able to rise up and you'll not be able to achieve whatever the Lord had intended for you that day. So today can we rise and say, we will not accept to be clothed by the devil, but we are receiving the garment of praise. Our praise will not be stolen. No matter what loss we are going through, no matter whether there is death in the pot, whether there is death all around us, we shall not allow our garment of praise to be stripped off us. We shall not allow the enemy to clothe us with his own garment, but we shall rise as the children of God and we shall praise the Lord even through that loss. Because some of these things, some of these, there are these, this horn specifically, this horn of, 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 of oppression, this horn of death and loss, the only way to deal with it, the only way to liberate yourself out of it is by having a deliberate attitude to praise God no matter what. You say like Habakkuk, though the fig tree does not blossom, Though there is no flock in my sheep pen, uh, pen, though there is no crops in my farm, though there is no money coming in at the end of the month, though I don't have a salary, though my business looks miserable and is not working, though my family looks like the, we, are the, we, we, are, we are not loved or we are not favored at all in the community, we are the least in the community or in the village, I will still praise the Lord. I will still honor the name of the Lord. There are some things that you cannot deal with just by praying. You have to have a deliberate attitude of praising God. You praise God through the fire. You praise God through many waters. You praise God through that miserable situation until you get to your end, until you get to your destiny. Because some of these things, are, their intention are to finish us. As we are saying, it is a horn of loss and death. It starts with loss, then eventually goes to death. So before you, the only way you can make sure it doesn't get to death, that point of death, especially your heart, especially your hope, because the Bible says hope usually is the last thing to die, isn't it? Before your hope is stolen away, it is killed. Before it is killed completely, you have to know how to go about it. You have to know that the Lord is counting on your praises. To him, you praise by faith. You praise even when you have no reason to praise. You praise him because you know he that has begun this good work, that has called me by his name, he does not make a mistake. He has called me and he has told me that it is working for my good. So I believe that even this fire, it is not intended to kill me. It is working for my good unless the Lord is a liar. Because some of those things are meant to purify us. They are meant to make us better. They are meant to make us you know, better Christians, better believers, farmer uh, and rooted, better family rooted uh, believers in Christ. So you praise your way through it. That is the only way to dehorn this horn of loss and death. Can we go to the last one as we conclude? The last one is destruction and ruins. Eventually, this last horn come to bring us to utter Desolation. 
complete ruin. And they shall, are we in the same scripture? With, and they shall build, rebuild the old ruins. Yes. And they shall raise up the former desolations. We are talking about who? Who are we talking about? Who are we addressing here? The craftsmen. Are you a craftsman? Are you a craftsman? Are you anointed to deal with the big four? Are you anointed? Do you believe it? When you shake yourself like this, do you feel like you have the potential? You have the capacity to deal with that horn? Because this is a terrible horn. Its intention is total destruction and ruins. But the Bible says that you have been anointed to rebuild the old ruins. The ruins that are all around you. Whether in your marriage, in your family, in your, in your, in your, in your, even in the nation as we talk today. As we were praying even this morning. You have been anointed to rebuild those areas that are in ruins. You have been anointed to restore them back. And the Bible says that the glory of the former shall be greater than the latter. I believe always when God talks about restoration, as we read in Job chapter 42, was it verse 10? The, uh, the last verse, that Job's latter end was actually, it was, he, was, he received double. Double wealth. Double portion. Double honor. The Bible even talks, the same scripture when you go, the same scripture of Isaiah, when you go down, that's Isaiah chapter 61. It talks about even instead of your shame, you will receive double. I always believe that when God talks about restoration, he does not just restore you to your former state. There is always something. There is always a better glory. There is always a better something than the way you were. So when it is you raising you raising the old, building the old ruins. I believe that you're going to build them and they'll be better than they were. If you are praying for your marriage, you are praying that the Lord will restore it. He will not just restore it to how it was. It will be better than the beginning. If you are praying for your children, they will not be restored to how they were. They will be better than the beginning. Whatever it is, your issue is when you pray for restoration, when you pray for a rebuilding, the Lord will make sure that when his restoration comes, pastor is always reminding us that it is restoration in all things. When it comes, it comes with his children. It comes with its generations. It carries everything. It comes with its descendants. If it is restoration, just like the way we say, when it rains, it pours. Even when blessings come. When they come, they come. They come with their descendants. They come with everything. Because when the Lord blesses, he blesses indeed. He blesses to show you that, he, that no one else can stand and say otherwise. That no one else can dare stand and say that this happened because of this and that. He blesses to silence the voices of your enemies. He blesses you such a way that even in your heart there is a witness that were it not the Lord who was on my side, even my job, even my salary, 
Any whatever I own, whatever I have in this earth, would not take, have taken me out of that area, of, out of that position that I was in, raising former desolations. You, will be, you have been anointed to raise the former desolations. That is the restoration that we are talking about. You have been anointed. Let's go back to verse, uh, was it verse 4? Verse 4, yes. We are talking about raising old ruins, dealing with the horn of destruction and ruins. You have been anointed to raise up former desolations. You have been anointed to repair the ruined cities. Do you know that you can repair the cities in this nation? By your proclamation, by the anointing in your life. You can say, <laughs> the other day I went to, I went to, to, I was going to visit my sister. She lives along uh, Kikuyu Road. And when I got to the turning after Kawangware, there is a junction going to Uthiru and the other one going to Kikuyu, onto Kikuyu Road. And the road there, my goodness, I was seeing it on social media. But when I saw it, I was like, goodness, this is not how it's supposed to. That's a main road. And it is impassable. It was impassable. I don't know whether they have repaired it now. But I want to tell you, I stood up when I, when I finished. Because it took me a, a section of about a few, few minutes. Because now we were diverted to a very long route, which was equally bad. And I realized I have the power and the authority to say that this road be repaired. Or be recarpeted. And I decreed that. I don't know whether it has, that has happened, but I believe it is going to happen. Because when the word of God says you will repair even the streets to dwell in. Isn't that what we are proclaiming even this month? Isaiah 58. Even the streets to dwell in, you shall repair them. You have the anointing of God upon your life. You can say this street, this estate, they have been saying how insecure this estate is. But as long as I'm living in this estate, as long as I'll be passing through this road into when I'm going to play the place I live in, there is going to be security in the name of Jesus. You are a restorer. You will build the streets to live in. In the name of Jesus, you can decree it and it comes to pass and light will shine on your path. Because that is, if, by the way, if you don't exercise that proclamation this year, then I don't think you'll ever succeed again. Because we are decreeing it. That is our word as a church this year, to decree a matter and it is established. Because some of the things you don't need to pray for, you just proclaim with your mouth. And the Lord follows. The Bible says that signs and wonders, they did not go before them. They will. So they follow you. You are showing them the example. I want to walk. I want to heal that person. So follow me. We go heal that person. I want to raise this person. So you follow me. You are the one that is leading the way. You don't send it. You lead the way. You go, you restore the streets. And the streets are restored. You, you start, you send your word, but you also go with it. And you let the signs follow you because you are anointed. You are a craftsman that is anointed to deal with the horn of destruction, to deal with the horn of 
ruins in the name of Jesus. And then from verse 5 to verse 8, there are so many blessings. When now you are obedient, when you deal with these horns, we have talked about the horns of oppression. Yeah? We have talked about the horn of death and loss. We have talked about the horn of poverty. We have talked about the horn of opposition. And now we are talking about the horn of ruins. I'm telling you, when you arise as a craftsman to deal with these horns that scatter Judah, when you arise in your position, there are blessings that will follow you. And you can go and read about them. It talks about strangers feeding your flock. It talks about you will have your sons. The sons of foreigners will be your plowmen. It talks about priests, you being priests of the Lord. You will not be busy ukijishugulisha na zingine. You will be a priest of God. Money will be working for you elsewhere as you concentrate on the word, on the, on the work of God. You will be called the servants of the Lord Most High. You will eat the riches of the Gentiles and you will boast in their glory. Instead of shame, you will receive double honor. We, where you will be rejoicing in your portion. You will possess even double in your land, in your, in your, in your, you will have a covenant with God. You will rejoice in your portion. You will, your descendants will be known among nations. That means my children will go to many nations. And wherever they are, they will be known. Wherever they are, they will be honored. They will be honored among the people even who don't know them. Because that is the promise of the word of God. But the, the rider is what? You must arise as a craftsman. And say, I am going to deal with these horns that scatter, that take away my joy, that take away my praises. And when you deal with them, then the word of God is true. There are these blessings that are going to follow you. And they are going to work for you. When the Lord for sure knows that you have done the assignment that he has called you to do, you will be shining like a star. You will walk, you will live like a king or a queen that you are. You will walk and the people will favor you. You will be blessed in the countryside. You will be blessed in the cities. You will be blessed wherever you are because the mark of the Lord is upon you and you have been anointed as a craftsman of the Lord Most High. There is something that Tim mentioned when he was leading worship in the morning about restoration. And he talked about us being restorers. Do you know that you cannot be a restorer if you are not restored? Yeah? You can only give what you, what you have. You cannot restore if you have not been restored. And I want us this morning to stand up. In your own time, you will go and deal with the horns that you need to deal with. Sawa, sawa. And I pray that the Lord will guide you and he will lead you. But this morning, I want you to stand up. Even as you go through the notes or as you meditate and think about what we have learned today, whisper a prayer to God in the area that you need restoration. What do you need the Lord to do for you? Because you will not be able to deal with those horns. You will not be able to restore others. You will not be able to talk about restoring even the, the, the nation, the streets, and the cities that we are living in. If you are not restored in your heart. If you are not restored in your family. So I want you to whisper a prayer and ask God, God restore me. If it is your marriage, God restore me. If it is your job, if it is your heart. You feel, you feel broken in your spirit. Broken in your heart because of what you are going through. Ask the Lord to restore you. Father, in the name of Jesus, this morning I pray, oh God, 
I pray that you restore your people. I pray for healing. Healing in their hearts, oh God. Healing in their bodies. In the name of Jesus. For those, Lord, that are unwell. I pray for healing this morning. I pray for healing this morning. Is there no balm in Gilead? Father, you are the God that heals all our diseases. I believe that even this morning you are at work, Lord. And you are reaching out and healing every heart that is broken. You are healing everybody that is in pain. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to restore our spirits, restore our souls, restore our bodies. In the name of Jesus. And now we take on the word that we have received this day. And we thank you for the anointing that you have poured upon our lives, Lord, to deal with these horns that scatter Judah. We declare, Lord, that we will not be silent, but we will rise in our positions and we will deal with these horns of oppression. We will deal with these horns of loss. We will deal with these horns of desolations and ruins. We will deal with these horns in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, as we deal with them, we declare that these blessings that you have outlined for us in this scripture, my Father, will be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ. We bless you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>